Hello, this is your Polycast for Monday, May 18th, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy with NPR News. On today's edition, the legislative session ends, but everybody expects a special session is coming. The Minnesota legislature ended its 2020 session early this morning without completing many of the key bills on its to-do list. A deadline for action came and went at midnight. There's every indication that lawmakers will be back at the Capitol this summer in a special session as the COVID-19 fight goes on. Brian Baxt was watching as time expired late last night. He talked to Kathy Werzer this morning about what happened and really about what didn't. Not much of note. Some smaller policy bills were hurried through, you know, dealing with health care billing and college financial aid rules, for instance. Uh, lawmakers approved a COVID-19 related bill that, among other things, makes sure that probationary teachers don't get punished for lack of instructional time during distance learning. But to give you a sense of how the wheels fell off, the House was still voting on a different K-12 education policy bill when the Senate gaveled out. Wow. So what did not make it through? There was no bonding bill for state construction projects. Both chambers failed in separate attempts this weekend to pass one with the minority parties withholding the necessary votes for the supermajorities that bill requires. Lawmakers didn't agree on a plan to divvy up more than a billion dollars in federal coronavirus response aid. That could fall to the Walls administration. And there was no tax relief or other help to struggling businesses. So that's on the table for later, too. Say, what happened to the state worker contracts? Uh, Those were also left in a state of limbo. A joint bill to ratify some of the union contracts didn't pass, so stay with me here. That could mean that the two-year PACs negotiated last summer are nullified. Employees could see pay cuts or other changes to benefits. But I'm waiting to see what Governor Tim Walz does next. One possibility is to quickly renegotiate new contracts that would go into effect until the legislature weighs in, perhaps next year. There could conceivably be raises provided for in that. Another potential twist could be a legal reading. It's true that the House and Senate gave approval, although not identical. The last time something close to this happened was in 2017 when the governor vetoed a bill containing the labor contract ratification. The administration said then that the approval standard had been met just by the legislative votes. So I followed you yesterday on Twitter and I was watching uh, some of the proceedings on TV. Uh, How did this end differ from the, I don't know, how many endings of the legislature have you been at, 20 or so that you've covered? There wasn't a ton of urgency. You know, the burst of bills being considered at the end just wasn't there. There wasn't the caffeine-filled buzz among rank-and-file members, lobbyists and reporters who mingle in the Capitol hallways on nights like this. For weeks, the Capitol's been a different place with even some lawmakers participating at home and a few other people on site. Uh, it was more of a slow crawl to midnight. We, we had a lawmaker talking openly about being dumped on prom night during a debate over his proposal to permit outdoor graduation ceremonies. That proposal failed, by the way. But it was a, a lot of downtime waiting on legislative leaders to strike deals that just didn't happen. Do we know when there might be a special session called? That's a decision that will be formally made later. The governor is the only person who can call them back, and he gets to pick the date. It's usually a point of leverage. Walls and top Democrats will speak with reporters in a call today, so perhaps we'll know more then. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, a Republican, says he spoke with Walls last night. He's banking on June 12th or right around there. Do they need to come back in a special session? Uh, There are many reasons that they do. The state budget is now in rough shape, so lawmakers could decide to begin taking action now rather than leaving a huge hole for the next legislature. Congress is debating some additional relief to states, and depending on what shape that takes, lawmakers might have a role in parceling it out. 
and all sides still seem to want a bonding bill of some size. So there's also one other thing. Walls would be required to bring the legislature back if he carries his peacetime emergency past June 12th. Say, before you go, let me ask you about the governor uh, promising more guidance toward reopening this week. What are we expecting? Well, today is the first day that some retailers can open their doors to walk-in customers, but restaurants, amusement parks, movie theaters, salons, and the like, they're still closed. Governor Wall says his agencies have been working with those industries on a safe reopening plan. He instructed them to provide guidance by Wednesday about how those other businesses might be able to open as soon as June 1st. As before, the goal is to get more places open without increasing COVID-19 spread to the point that hospitals face a strain in capacity. That's Brian Bax talking to Kathy Werzer. State Attorney General Keith Ellison is going to court today to try to stop a Stearns County business owner from opening his chain of bars and restaurants. Ellison announced his legal action late last night to try to stop Shady's Tavern Group from opening on-site food and beverage service. Governor Walls has restricted all but takeout and delivery until at least June 1st. Shady's owner, Chris Schiffler, has announced his intention to open today in violation of the executive order. He says he's raised nearly $200,000 on a GoFundMe site to challenge the state. We're using it for our attorney, but our attorney's fight right now is to get rid of the whole thing, not just bars and restaurants. We're talking salon owners and houseboat owners and and resort owners, every kind of small business. These guys, everybody's ready to go. We're prepared. Ellison has asked for an emergency court injunction and a $25,000 fine to stop the opening. He says Stearns County already has among the highest coronavirus infection rates in the state. Some Republican lawmakers are criticizing Ellison for targeting businesses. Minnesota Republican Party leaders postponed their state convention over the weekend after problems with voting software. Mark Zadeklik has more. The main order of business was to endorse former Congressman Jason Lewis's campaign against DFL Senator Tina Smith. In announcing the postponement, GOP Chair Jennifer Carnahan suggested that problems with the software could have been linked to sabotage. There is a possibility that there has been or was an attempt by an outside source to impede our business and could be a rational explanation for the massive amounts of overflow trying to logjam this system, which is preventing us from doing our business. Carnahan did not say when the convention would be rescheduled. Minnesota Democrats will hold their virtual state convention at the end of the month. I'm Mark Zadeklik. And that's your Polycast for this Monday, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy with NPR News.